ready to create and grow the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. A bigger audience, more impact, and a new revenue stream. We'll show you how. I'm Jenny Barcelos. And I'm Sandy Connery. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. everyone and welcome to episode 22 of the Soulful MBA podcast. Today's podcast is all about empire. I'm Jenny Barcelos and I'm joined with my co-host Sandy Connery. Hey Sandy. Hi Jenny. Hi everybody. And this is our third take. So we're going to stick with this one regardless of how imperfect it is. It might be that I'm sitting in a purple beanbag chair drinking cognac out of a brand new mug. Is that the problem? See the problem is that this is a nighttime recording and I think everyone can tell which episodes are recorded late at night. This is one of them. So get ready. So we've had like a really productive like hour long conversation that we didn't record and now we're going to do the actual recording. So we'll see how it goes. So we wanted to talk about empire today because we have this whole new paradigm about business and growing a business online that we haven't really spoken much about publicly, especially not on the podcast, but it's been really helpful for us in our business as we've been growing this year to have this framework for understanding what our roadmap is going forward. And so we thought it might be helpful for some of you. And the existing thinking in online business, we feel as a team is a bit flawed. And Sandy, why don't, let's just go ahead and dive in and talk about some of the reasons why kind of the existing programs, courses, methodologies that we're seeing floating around the internet are a little bit maybe short-sighted. Yeah, sure. I think uh, right from when you and I started, we were noticing things were, you know, things were spoken about in a very like, like sell and push and force it down their throats. And the, their copy was, you know, not how we would write coercive, it. coercive, persuasive, manipulative. Yes. And so we've always tried to hyper masculine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very masculine. And so we've always tried to do our own way of writing and our own way of speaking and sort of lead by what feels right. Like how do we want to lead in this space and how do we want to teach and how do we want to attract customers and how do we, how do we want to keep customers um, with sort of the premise, like what's best for them, right? And whether they stay with us for a long time or leave, you know, we hope that they had a great experience with uh, with us and we wish them well. But that's not what's talked about. And that's not what the examples are online. Um, And so that's why we wanted to come up with our own version of explaining how we see building a business out over the long term. And then you have a big problem with sales funnels. I have a huge problem with sales funnels. Like as an actual tool or like framework for thinking about the sales process itself, I think it's fine. Um, but I think that there in our culture is, at least in our like business culture right now, is a really disproportionate amount of attention and emphasis put on point of sale and on the funnel itself. And I think that that's dangerous to those of us that are business owners because we get so caught up in this little process of lead to funnel, lead to sale, that it's it's incredibly short-sighted and it's only serving one single tiny part of our business. It's just, it's just so, one linear, yeah. one linear track, one part. And nothing is linear. Right. Like, let me just, <laughs> as In someone business? who like went to graduate school for science, like linear is hard to do so as in like anything that is, is like human system focused, like it linear doesn't really, it's not meaningful. Like 
I, I mean, so the, the whole idea is that there's point A and that's a lead and there's an, a direct arrow and there's point B and that's a sale. I think that that's what everyone is sort of going off of as the default in business. And that's just actually not how it works. So knowing that and coming to that realization ourselves in our business and knowing that the vast majority of people that come into contact with our brand are never going to buy anything from us. We've made a very conscious effort to make sure that we're serving that community, regardless of whether or not they ever purchase anything from us. And that's sort of like a moral standpoint, I, I feel like mm-hmm. at this at this stage. And I think it's really important to own that and to talk about it and to acknowledge that that's a particular way of doing business that's also valid. Yeah. And one that we're really proud of, that we're kind of going against the grain. And the other problem I think that we see uh, more specifically with our clients is that they're taking too short a view of things. They're, they're being very short-sighted, I guess is how I should phrase it. Um, and with this sort of sales funnel, you know, lead to sale, you can get a little bit chaotic or, you know, sporadic. Like you're not focused on the big picture. You're just doing this. And then you try this and then you try that because someone's mentioned it or you read a blog post about it. You might like slightly increase your conversion rate. Yeah. By 0.02. It's nuts. It's so nuts. Like, so I think what I have taken away from all of this, Sandy, is that there's been this huge emphasis on sort of automation and turning business into a numbers game. And I think the analytics are helpful and spreadsheets can be helpful. And I know oh, that you're like more of a fan than I am of the spreadsheet. But like, I, I will say that like spreadsheets are the main reason why I didn't want to participate further in like the fundraising VC worldview of running a business because I didn't want to spend all of my time devoted to an insane spreadsheet that like was mostly made up. So I will just say that the reason why funnels are imperfect are that there's like, if you look at the design of a funnel, like something that you would use to funnel, you know, like orange juice into a small carafe, (laughs) you're going to see like you, there's this big opening at the top and this little tiny opening at the bottom and all of the orange juice that you pour in at the top goes through the little, little opening into the carafe, right? And that's what a funnel is for. And in fact, that's not actually how human beings work. And most people who come into contact with your brand, who give you their email address, who sign up for some form, you know, in your business, whatever, like they're not going to actually buy something from you. And so we've reached this point in our culture, in our, you know, society, in this, this age, sort of this technical age of automation where you have a choice to make, like you can see everyone as a data point or you can choose to actually serve those people as human beings. And we have a pretty strong preference for treating everyone who comes into contact with our brand as a human. Um, partially that's a moral decision. And partially I think it's also serving us as business because we get a lot of sort of brand evangelists. We get a lot of referrals. And um, I think that we're going to start to see a swing in this direction. I mean, this is why small businesses Um, boutique businesses, artists. This is why like Etsy works and Shopify works. And this is why so many small online entrepreneurs that have a story to tell and that have like a very human connection to their clients are able to sell their products. So without further ado, like that's sort of where we're coming from. Like that's kind of like the overall Mm -hmm. kind of sense of, of our feelings going into this consideration, like why we came up with this paradigm and I, and I know like just from after we came up with it, Sandy, I Googled it and I, I researched like, is anyone else talking about empire? 
online and in reference to business and entrepreneurship. And there are other people talking about it. And I haven't ever even read anything that anyone else is saying because we just sort of like closed the door to all of that and developed our own methodology in-house and are working off of that. And I think at some point when our own thinking is further developed and like fleshed out and written up, we'll, you know, we'll venture into looking at what other people have written about this and to see if it's the same as what we've come up with. But we just want, I think, everyone to know that we've kind of done this in a vacuum over the last three or four months. Yeah, well, let's, um, let's talk about the empire. Let's talk about it. So the empire has five key or core components to it. So Sandy, why don't you dive into component one? Yeah, so component one is the empire. It is a place where you get to build your business or um, your utopia. That's how it, we're liking to phrase, to phrase that because it is it is all yours and that's what's sort of beautiful about it. And you get to create the business how you want it. So it can be as big as you want or as small as you want, as simple or as complex as you want. You can take four days off if you want or work 15 hours a day if you want. So it's like yours to kind of mold and shape into your life and, um, you know, into your family's life and and whatever, you know, how much money you want to make, or how much freedom you want with it. So I think it's always important to keep that sort of concept in mind that, that, that my business is my utopia. My empire is is the utopia that I create. Um, and I don't have to play victim to any other forces that are that come upon me that it, this is my territory. Yeah. And there's no like there's no one else's game plan that you have to follow, especially and including ours. Right. But it's just this idea that y- if you're an entrepreneur and you're a small business that what you're building and how you're building it is 100% up to you. Like obviously you need to have some kind of product market fit with what you're selling so that somebody's buying your products or programs or services on the other side. But beyond that, every single system, every tool you use, like how you work, when you work, who you work with, everything, like yours. every single aspect of this is up to you. And I think that that's really freeing in a way. And it's also really challenging for folks in a way too, because it, it sort of puts, you know, it, it like points the finger at you as the business owner mm-hmm. to decide and to, to like have the power to build this thing, how you want it. But also means that you're responsible for that, right? Like you, you can't blame a system or a course or a coach or anything on why it doesn't work or does work. It's, it's like a hundred percent your design. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think a lot of people go into entrepreneurship because they want to have that kind of power and control, but then they quickly give it over to some sort of mentor, coach, guru, course creator, whatever, um, because they sort of get paralyzed by fear and want someone to give them the answers. And we're just, we both have been there. I know that Sandy, Mm -hmm. we met in that situation Mm -hmm. with our software companies. And I will just say that you can like just take everything everyone else is saying with a grain of salt because they're not you and they don't know what it's like to walk in your shoes, to have your responsibilities, your family, your dreams, your goals. Like this is like, go learn from others, like learn frameworks, take courses, have coaches, have mentors, but then, you know, take everything everyone says back like into your heart and figure out whether or not it's right for you and resonates with you at any given point in time. And you are the one that knows your followers, your customers, your clients, students the best. 
And that's ultimately who you're serving. So you take all of that knowledge and create what's best for you, but also for what, you know, what your followers need to. Yeah. And I mean, this, you know, we've talked a lot in the podcast so so far about the books and the thinkers who've influenced us, Sandy. And, you know, this creating your own utopia through your business is what we learned from Derek Derek Sivers. That's right. So this is this like first precept of this empire theory is largely based on what we took away from his body of work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's I mean, that's it. Like, like give yourself the sort of freedom, the intellectual freedom and the permission as as an individual and as a thinking person and being to sit down and actually like think about what would your ideal situation look like as a small business owner, like map it out, write it out allow your own viewpoint to come through sort of all the noise that's constantly pummeled at you by the internet. And I I think what a a great exercise to sort of hammer this home is to sit and write out what your ideal day looks like. If you take away money or, you know, finding customers, write out what that perfect, that utopian day in, in, you know, a day in the life of your own business looks like. And um, I just did that recently and it's a beautiful place and we're, shooting for it. And it's, it's a, it's eye opening if you kind of take out all the extraneous sort of, you know, limitations and thinking and, you know, language in your mind that goes on and on about how you can't do something or you wish you had this or you don't have enough that just take it all away and just write out that utopian day. And it's, a it's, yeah, it, it gives you something to shoot for. Day in the life. Day in the life. So the details are all something you can figure out. They're tactics. Mm -hmm. The details are just tactics. You can find a course, a mentor, a friend, somebody you know in a Facebook group to give you everything you need to know about any particular tactic. So those are easy problems to solve. Like what Sandy is asking you to do right now, which I have not done and I really want to do after you telling me you just did this earlier today too, is, is that's the hard part. That's the part that almost no one does. So the rest is just sort of in the noise. You can do that part. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. We should we'll compare notes. We I want you to do it too and see if the, the company yeah. is the same. <laughs> if, we're, if we're shooting for the same place. Okay, number two. Number two is about finding your tribe and meeting people where they're at. So this this is really important. This is about creating a client or customer centered business. This is about making sure that you're not creating what you want in a vacuum and that you're actually going out and making sure that what you build is informed by the needs and desires and pain points of your quintessential clients. Yeah. And we teach, you teach that specifically in the sleuthing module in Soulful MBA that you're looking for the people who are in your tribe. And I remember early on when we were learning software um, and I, you know, you, you can get lots of rejections if you're cold calling or trying to attract people into your business. And I remember um, one of the mentors in the course said to me like, oh, that person who said no to you is just not part of your tribe. And that just sort of softened the blow that as I went out and found people that there were some that weren't going to hear, you know, recognize or resonate with what I was, uh, what I was doing and creating. And there was some, some people that will, and if you can find one or two or three, you can find 10 or 20 or 30. It's not going to be everyone you approach, but, uh, know that there will be somebody, many people there to follow you. Yeah. And I just want to give some like theory to this for those, (laughs) those folks out there who, who want to dig deeper into this. 
So I learned something from Seth Godin, who I'm sure was, was teaching this based on like a body of business and social science research, which was about the market itself and the way there are phases in the market. If you look at the market as sort of like an upside down U curve, there's like this tiny segment of the market that is called the early majority. And those are the early adopters. Those are the people that are going to buy or work with anything that's innovative. Those are the people that are like standing outside the Apple store the day before the iPhone gets released and like wait, sleeping the night standing outside, right? There are these people that are like the very first adopters to technology or to any kind of product or program. And that's just a tiny segment of any given market. And if you're developing something new, like something that no one else has made before, there's a good chance that your early days are going to be filled with customers or clients who are part of that early majority. And then you have the late majority, which is like a huge part of the curve and the, or the early majority, then the late majority. And then like the final part is the general market. I can't remember the name of the fourth phase, but like, it's this, it's like this upside down curve. And there's just this tiny group of people who are ever going to buy what you're selling early on. So those, those people, like if you're just taking a general sample size of like anyone in your community or anyone on the internet, like most people are not going to fall into that early majority. And so that's fine. Like it doesn't mean that they're never going to be ready to buy your program or service. Um, they may just have the sort of makeup psychologically of someone that needs to see a lot of social proof first. And we have had those clients, right? Like we've had people who have had demos two years ago and now who are buying Namastream from us because they are the kind of people that were really intrigued by the idea early on, but needed to see like two years worth of social proof before they were ready to build a business on our platform. And I think that that's, I'm, that's fine. I love those people. Like I'm not those people. I am like 100% early adopter and like proud to do it. But I also know that I have to deal with a lot more like issues <laughs> in any business, right? Like when you work with someone who's just first starting out, they're often launching in beta. They're often like bugs or issues that need to be resolved. And not everyone is interested in working with those people. So I would just say it doesn't necessarily mean that someone is not part of your tribe if they're not going to like buy something from you early on. And that's part of why we built this kind of empire methodology is because we want you to see a longer term view, which sort of leads us into the next part of this methodology. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is a tool designed to help you teach, train, and coach from anywhere on the planet. If you're a wellness professional looking to take your business to the next level, you can learn more at namastream.com. Number three. Part three is all about taking the long view. So Sandy, tell us why the long view is so important. Oh, I could tell you story after story of people who make this mistake. <laughs> I think if you have truly, truly committed to creating your utopia, creating your empire, creating your business, you have to give it time to grow and to, to, to grow into something. And if you are, this is not a quick win game. This is not a two week and you're out or two months and you're out. I tried it and it didn't work. You really have to be committed and dedicated to the process over multiple years. I'd say one to three 
easy. And I know, Jenny, you're going to say three years, probably. So, yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, I was committed. I, yeah. I mean, I loved the journey. You're growing the whole time over those but years. To see you results, know, it's, it's, it's to, well, to see results. I think that most people would expect like to see results that are, are like, you know, you can live off of it. Right. You can maybe start to retire off of it. Yeah. Two to three years is, I think, the sweet spot yeah. that ha- that that it takes. And like, that's a huge commitment for a lot of people. I get it. Yeah. And, yeah, three years. But yeah, realistically, that's that's what you're looking at. But that it's so worth it. And it's so wonderful when you meet when you start to go along and things start to kind of growing on their own and you start to get tr- uh, new customers just from word of mouth and you you see your sales consistently go up. But it's a process of iteration. You have to kind of grow and change and evolve over that time so that you're kind of adapting to what the market wants or to how, you know, once you figure out what your really good skills are, you don't want to spend time messing around with stuff that you're not good at and hiring out. Like there's all this sort of learning process. And like Jenny said, it's a journey. So I just, we can't emphasize this enough that you want to be in this for the long, the long haul. And you want to enjoy it. Like if, if you're starting a business And you know, like within a couple months, I would say you have to give it at least three months. Like nobody knows anything before three months, I think, like for the most part. Um, And you know, like, hey, this doesn't feel right. I want more security and predictability than this. Then like you can then then like maybe entrepreneurship is not right for you. I will also say that I think that stability from like a traditional nine to five job or corporate job or job where you're a hired hand for another business is also not stable and is going to increasingly be destabilized by both technology and globalization in the coming years. But at least you have a little bit more time for that and a little bit of, I don't want to say delusion, but like (laughs) you have the illusion of security and stability. And for some people, that's all anyone needs, right? right? Like, so that's fine. But the vast majority of people, I think, you know, within a few months, if it feels good. Right. And if if it feels, feels good, like just find a way to commit to it. And it doesn't have to be full time. And if it's not supporting your financial needs, like it shouldn't be full time, but then it's a side hustle, but commit your heart to that side hustle and give it the space and the time it needs to grow into something. And that's, and to put this into our empire analogy, this is you just clearing the fields or you kind of gathering rocks for the base of that um, city brick or by brick, brick by rock, brick. by rock, by rock. Rome wasn't <laughs> built in a day. That's right. Okay. Let's move on to four. Um, and that is generosity. And I, so strength comes not from coercion in a successful empire, but from generosity. And we could get into military theory on this. And I could bore everyone, I'm sure, for hours and hours geeking out on sort of like military theory around empire building <laughs> and imperialism. But I won't do that for, for you, Sandy. <laughs> but I just want to say like generosity is the key to number four. And so that's not about like sending 500 emails to someone until they buy or unsubscribe from your email list. Some people think that's a good idea, right? Like, but we don't because again, some people take two years or three years to buy something from you. And some people are going to never buy anything from you, but they still need what you have to say. They still need what you have to offer in terms of your free content and your free programs and they, and your blog and whatever else you're offering for free. And then they may refer three friends or 10 friends who are in a position and who are a good fit for your business. And so I think it's not like an either or it's an and, 
and it's not like either this person buys from me or they, or they get off my list. It's like either they buy from me or I serve them. And through serving them, I know that my generosity and what I'm putting out in the world and putting out through my business is worth it. I think there's so much you could go into here. If you kind of imagine that you are building this empire and people may be kind of walking by and you want to invite them in and, and experience you and what you have to offer and, and your teaching and your authority in whatever field, this is where you, you're generous. You are hosting them in your land and you want them to come and stay or, or, or visit frequently. So this means that you are creating amazing opt-ins on your website of full of value that people are asking for and need. You are giving, writing amazing blog posts. You're generous with your, your, your knowledge. You are on social media available to ask questions. You're in your Facebook group doing Facebook lives, that kind of generosity. So this is sort of the, the it's especially, especially in the beginning, you have to give, give, give and give to attract people to your empire. Yeah, you do. And it should feel good to give. I mean, I'm just like, as you're saying all this, Sandy, I'm looking at like definitions, trying to see if there's, you know, some like little quippy way of talking about generosity that we haven't thought of. But I, I, I mean, I think like what it means is to be, to be giving and caring and kind. And kind. Yeah. Just to be and kind. Those are all sort of like what we stand for as a business. Like our, our, like our motto as a business is be kind, be brave, be love, right? And be kind is the first one. And generosity and our, our ethic towards generosity stems from that part of kind of our core values. And that's just what it is. Like if, if you never buy anything from me, but you're getting value from this podcast right now, then I'm okay with that. Like to me, that's an okay and a fair exchange of energy because I benefit from feeling like the work that I do is meaningful. Like to me, that's enough. Obviously, I run a business. We run a business, Sandy, and we survive as a business based on financial transactions that take place. But it doesn't erase all of the other aspects of running a business that don't come from point of sale. And I think if you look at any big brand, like any big brand in our culture, you'll see that the impact that that brand has is well beyond the actual fact of it selling something, right? Like the impact of advertising, of marketing, and sort of of goodwill extends far beyond that point of sale. And I don't think that that should only be reserved for really large multinational brands. I think that should also be reserved for small businesses, especially in this digital era where you can have a really disproportionate impact in, in the world and in the marketplace, even though you're a tiny little business like we are. Exactly. Well said. So number five is you are the empress or the emperor. So yeah, so you're leader. the leader and you need to establish and own your authority as the leader or in our case, leaders of your empire. This one is actually hard for me to wrap my mind around. This is like straight up mindset. And this involves leading with integrity, authenticity, and grace. And I think for many of us who have been socialized in humility, and we've talked about this humility thing before on the podcast, it's sort of hard to own your power and your leadership. Um, and I think this is something that I'm constantly wrestling with, just sort of like what does it mean to be in a like some sort of authority figure in any way hmm. other, over anyone other than myself <laughs> and maybe my four-year-old child. Um, but I think that there's a lot of power in this. And when I have stepped into that authority, I think that our company does better 
And I think that our community thrives because they make decisions from a totally different mindset. Um, leaders and emperors and empresses are often benevolent. They're often thinking of the larger good of the whole. So like what is rather than what is good for one person or one kind of user in our case, you know, we're thinking of the overall health of the company when we're serving as empresses and the overall health of our community. And I think that's a really powerful hat to put on. Mm -hmm. See, I find that interesting that you struggle with this because this one makes me most excited, like to be able to, (laughs) of course it does (laughs) for, for like, again, to use their, our analogy, if I, if I am leading a land, if I have an empire that I'm in, in charge of, like, I want to be the best and I want to, um, attract, you know, amazing followers that will come and visit my empire and join in with whatever we're doing. And as you said, like with integrity and authenticity and with grace, like that just makes me excited to step into a leadership role, uh, and be there for whoever, you know, whoever will, would need it. Um, it also is, and when we, I love the word empress because it, it reminds me too that this means that we need to step up and play big and not play small, not sort of shy away from our responsibilities to our people, to the followers. Um, I love the idea of of tapping into something, you know, deep inside us that will help us play this role and not play victim and not wait for some knight in shining armor or wait for somebody to swoop in and buy us or, you know, tell us what to do, that this is our utopia and I am the leader. And that just makes me really happy with my... It makes me happy that it makes you happy (laughs) because I sort of like, we are opposite Uh people. And so it really helps that we have these inverse qualities and I can learn from you. Right. Mm -hmm. And when I look up the definition of emperor and I see a sovereign ruler of great power and rank, like that's where I start to have trouble. But I think that we just, as, as entrepreneurs, we need to own the fact that we've built something new in the world. We've built something out of nothing. And therefore the community that we draw need to a leader, our business, like they're, they're benefiting from what we provide. And we sort of have to own that and make sure that we're attentive to their needs mm-hmm. and their evolving needs. And that that is it, like, it's great responsibility, as you said, exciting? and when I can think of it like that, it is exciting. And, you know, we can all like some, the, the beauty of this being business related is that in one sphere of influence, we can be the empresses, Sandy. And in, in terms of like technology and offering a technology product and an online business course, but then in another sphere, some of our clients are sort of like the empress to us in terms of like a health cleanse or, you know, right. a fitness program, because we, those are not areas where those where are different we are empires. We have to go over right, those to are the, different empires. A- it's like this overlapping. Yes like like many dimensional multi-dimensional like view of empire right. and it's it's a little bit tricky to like wrap your mind around but when you when you can do it that way for me mentally and emotionally it's easier to grasp the idea that in one context in one vein I have something to offer and I that same person who in another vein I feel like I have so much to learn from right and I think that that is that is where it starts to make sense and that's where like you think about this digital empire and you think about this new economy that we're in and this sort of internet era and it's really exciting it is and we'll let the 
the the colon cleansing empire <laughs> yeah bring, bring it, it on, on. we know nothing over. about that that would be fabulous like you know just like <laughs> i don't know a lot about kettlebells <laughs> like we have so many clients that could teach me a thing or two about a kettlebell and that's awesome because i'd like to learn yeah, it right and so we're not saying we're the yeah. leaders of the free world and going to take over you know, it's That's just, right. it's just like this, this little area, this little pocket of the internet we know a little bit about. And if you would love like to, we're just a few steps ahead yeah, maybe. And, and then in this other thing over there, we don't know anything a few about steps ahead. Right. And I think that's great. And so then we can sort of like join forces in different contexts right. based on what any of our individual needs are. Right. And then we can have our needs met. And that's what's I think really beautiful and amazing about it. So it's not about like, I'm going to funnel this person to where they need to go right now and pressure them like it's not selling doesn't have to be that marketing doesn't have to be that and business doesn't have to be that it doesn't mean that you don't want to have like some design in your empire you don't want to have you definitely want to have systems in place and we could we're going to go into far more detail into all of this inside of our soulful mba with dragons course and community oh yeah like friar facebook is coming out and lady pinterest oh, and like lady pinterest there she is like there's a whole theory behind <laughs> all of this like watch out world but but those are all important but the big picture is really about being able to view yourself and your business in light of this framework. Like for us, it's been really helpful because it's not like a bunch of piecemeal tactical things anymore. Everything sort of has a way of fitting together in this framework. And it's easier to understand like, oh, this is, this is why I might need Facebook ads, or this is why I might need to engage in some email marketing. You know, like it just helps you to understand how all of those elements are part of building out this digital empire over time. Yep, that's and over space. Yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. the thirty thousand foot view of the empire and everything makes sense and you know where you should focus on what you need to do more of or less of and so on. Yeah. It alleviates that sort of shiny object syndrome mm -hmm. that almost everyone we know who's an entrepreneur falls victim to. Except for us. So like you just, yeah, it gives you a big picture. I love big picture. I love like sort of paradigm shifting framework. So this is fun. It brings in like Sandy's love of all things dragons <laughs> and like fantasy and my love of all things sort of like tactical, like long-term futuristic strategy. Let's take so, over the colon cleanse empire. Oh man, it all works out. <laughs> all right. So do you want to move into joy and hustle? Yeah, let's do it. So joy is somebody, is, is a special thing that you know all about, Sandy. So it's your friend. Yeah. So this weekend I went to a pottery show for a friend of mine who used to be our nanny and who used to be an employee of mine and uh, over the years have gotten to know her very well. She's a very talented artist and she has recently found pottery. And so she's been working really hard to, you know, explore this new art of hers and she had her first show this weekend so I we went and visited her uh, and she I bought the most beautiful little mug it's like mountains her thing is mountains and skies and she tries to to do the aurora borealis in the in the glaze and they're really beautiful and I bought one that's a starry night it's all black with like little sparkles in the sky it's gorgeous so we just thought we'd give her a shout out her name is Sonia and her company is cumulus clay and if you want to follow her on Instagram it's cumulus.clay and and I'm, yeah, just really excited about her new little love and new talents that she's developing and just wanted to, to give her a little shout out. 
And I will just say that I am placing my order through you saying yeah. tonight before this podcast is live next week. You want one of the rings so that the I ring can holders. jump. The, I don't want to get stuck behind in the yeah. waiting list of all of our listeners. <laughs> um, I can just say from having seen images and Sandy holding these up to me online and video chat that they are spectacular oh, and I am a collector of pottery. Yeah. So she, ho- she deserves whatever praise she's going to get. Cause I am like a pretty picky like pottery enthusiast <laughs> and they look amazing. So oh, she'll be thrilled. Yeah. She's great. I'm excited. Okay. And then our hustle this week is we want to recommend and give a shout out to Laura close at lauraclose.com. Because this empire analogy requires quite a bit of mindset shifting for for me, at least, Laura gave the keynote talk at our live event in Seattle this year, and she is a coach and like she's basically like a counselor and a coach and a leader and a mentor on all things related to women's empowerment and helping women to sort of overcome internalized oppression, internalized sexism to get rid of um, mindset issues that are holding them back. And she's had incredible results with a lot of people that I know, including myself um, and our business. And so I just wanted to give a shout out to her because element five of this empire framework really requires you to own that you're this empress or this emperor, right? And for some of us who have you know, um, maybe (laughs) some fear around that. Laura's work is extremely helpful. And when Laura gave a talk at our live event, she talked about sort of all of the ways that women in particular or female socialized people tend to hold themselves back in business and hold themselves back from sort of claiming their authority to power. And, um, And it was really powerful. Like it was really helpful, I think, for a lot of people in the room. And so I just wanted to give Laura a shout out because I think many of you and many people we know have and can benefit from Laura's work and her body of work is is really fabulous for those of you who want to, you know, sort of take your mindset to the next level. Yeah, she has a great quiz uh, as an opt-in on her website, and it's really interesting to to take. And also, you should read through the testimonials on her pages because they're really fascinating what she's helped many women achieve. Yeah, and she has this quote on her website um, that I'll just maybe read so people get a sense of her because I know it's hard in a podcast to like have to click the, you know, find the link and click it in the show notes and not iTunes doesn't always draw on the link and whatever else. So she says all oppressions, including sexism, are totally illogical. They present us with these small false versions of what's available to us as adults. It's on us to name that, notice the messages and begin to forge new ways of being. So that's Laura, like right there, hundred percent her. And so if that resonates with you, um, we strongly encourage you to go to her website and we'll put it in the show notes. And there you have it. There you have it. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye everybody. Bye. Soulful MBA is not just the name of our podcast. It's also the name of our premium business course and community. If you are a wellness entrepreneur who dreams of growing your business online, but you're not clear on your next steps and you wish you had someone to guide you, then we've got something for you. Get Soulful MBA's first syllabus and three free video lessons by heading over to soulful.mba sample. Soulful MBA.